0: Welcome to the official unofficial podcast dedicated to Eastern Washington Athletics. This is the Eagles Power Hour, an affiliate member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. Introducing your hosts, standing at a staggering 5 foot 10 inches tall. He's not a myth, he's not a legend. He's just that idiot who thinks it's a great idea to paint his chest in 10 degree weather for an Eastern Washington football game. Now, based out of Houston, Texas, Kyler Neal. The other host is a local firefighter. He saves kittens by day talks EWU sports by night he is six foot two without heels and has a vertical of 32 inches based out of Coeur d'Alene Idaho yours and my favorite Eagles power hour host Rusty Kramer without further ado here it is the greatest podcast in the big sky the red turf repping Eagles power hour
1: Eagles Hour Hour, did you guys like that new intro? I thought it was pretty awesome. We hired someone to make our intro a little more professional. Um, we're we're upping up the stakes here at Eagles Power Hour, and it was all because we brought on Rusty, and he said we need to make a change. Your intro sucks, so <laughs> we basically made a change, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. But with me, as always, we have Rusty Kramer. I am Kyler Neal, and Guys, we got a pretty awesome guest today. We got Eastern Washington beat writer Ryan Collingwood from the Spokane Review. So first off, Rusty, how you doing today? You said it's, you know, cold as balls up where you are. Is that is that pretty accurate?
2: Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's 70 degrees outside, but it is not the case. Uh, I'm pretty wimpy when it comes to cold weather, so I'm looking forward to uh, spring to come.
1: I don't blame you. That's why I moved down south. Screw the cold. I'm not. I used to love it. And uh, now I'm a pansy, but I'm OK to admit that. And hey, Ryan, are you in Spokane right now? I'm in Coeur d'Alene. Oh, you're in Coeur d'Alene, too. Is that where you live? Yeah, yes, sir. Oh, that's that's awesome. So, Ryan, you are Eastern Washington's beat writer. You work for the Spokesman Review. I kind of have a couple questions. And the first question is, what made you want to start covering Eastern? Did you attend there? Can you give us a little bit of background on, um, uh, you know, your, I guess, just everything you've been doing with Eastern before you got the job and then after?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't choose it. It was given to me, but, I mean, obviously I like it. I like covering the Big Sky Conference. I mean, I'm from the Spokane, Coeur area, and I was always kind of Really, you know, uh, I like you know, Big Sky. As a kid, I, I followed it pretty closely. I had friends play in the conference, but so you know, I'd go out to Eastern games or I'd go out to Idaho games. And um, but as far as my job at the spokesman, uh, I started off at the spokesman covering. Uh, I was a crime. I was a cr- uh, that 2017. I was hired there in the summer 2017. You know, I kind of did you know like those front page features, you know, uh, crime, you know, whatever, you know, kind of a pretty breadth you know of things there and um so so are you
1: like a crime junkie guy because my wife is obsessed with like the crime junkie podcast and every time (laughs) i come home she's watching murder shows and i don't know if she's trying to start planning (laughs) something um or if she thinks maybe i'm a murderer and that's why she married me but like she's she's down with that crime stuff
3: yeah no i uh it's the thing about when you're covering you know tragedy and you know the kind of the evils of the world is that sadly it's the most interesting things people are going to read and right. um and, and it's stressful i mean yeah i mean, when you screw up a story about a you know running back it's not going to screw anybody's life over but when you're <laughs> you're, you're, you're you're writing something you know about a you know a sexual assault or uh, you, know, you just never know but um it really it's interesting, and uh, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn about the, a lot about the world and people in general. But um, I, uh, the first, you know, eight years of my journalism career, I was covering sports. Though I mean, I'd, uh, I at the Lewiston Tribune and in Lewiston, Idaho. I covered Washington State down there and preps. And uh, I, I was in West Texas for a minute. I covered uh, Odessa, Permian, you know, those kind Ooh. of schools over there. So I kind of. Opened my eyes a little bit about how things go go on beyond North Idaho where I'm from so um yeah I mean I, I, I was in Helena Montana I covered you know the, the frontier conference Carroll College which is kind of a big deal over there so uh, you kind of have a variety of different levels but uh, there was a certain point in my life where I kind of just got burnt out on sports and I was kind of always kind of a, a featurey kind of writer anyway I was kind of into the, you know just humans I was, I was more into humans than I was uh sports and i, and I still kind of am to this day but um Eastern's a fun beat uh, the kids are they're, they're really pretty easy to deal with i mean i've been on jobs where it's not always the case but eastern i've been pretty blessed to uh, deal with some good outgoing kids who i developed some trust with there and that's a big deal and uh, it's a hometown team for me you know I, when you grow up around here you know when i was a kid I remember, you know, Josh Blankenship, you know, those kind of guys, you know, it was uh, even in basketball back to Ray Jackaletti and um, you know, Alvin Snow. And uh, it was just kind of cool to be able to come back as an adult and be able to cover them.
1: Man, those those are some awesome name drops. Um, that, Man, that's awesome. So where did you
3: actually go to school? Uh, I went to MSU Northern. I, was, I, okay. I went there initially. I I, I tried to play football. You know, I, I in high school I played on a really small high school. It was like eight man football. So I, you know, if you're a decent decent enough athlete, you can play NAIA basically. So then I went to MSU Northern, like realized, ah, uh, you know, maybe I'll just be a student in some cheap school. And um, went to Eastern Oregon, which is you know cheap, and I just kind of hung out there and uh, just did communications kind of stuff. They didn't have a journalism school when I was there, and uh, not no not the one that you know you I like Washington State or something like that. But and then, but at that same time, I didn't think I was going to be a journalist. I mean, I was the editor of my high school paper. And then I didn't really want to be a sports writer, really, or, or even a reporter. I thought I was going to be in coaching or, or athletic administration or something, you know, something like that. But I kind of fell into the, the journalism part of everything. And uh, 12 years later, here I am.
1: Man, that's interesting. So, First off, so you said Eastern Oregon, and I just have to tell a quick story. So in our dorms at Eastern Washington, uh, we had a guy from Eastern Oregon who transferred. So he was a year older than us. Um, he was a big dude. He played football. He wanted to try and walk on at Eastern Washington. It didn't end up working out for him, but his nickname was Big Poppy. And <laughs> I have never seen a man drink so much in my life. Uh, he he was the life life party of our floor. But man, he was a good, he was a good dude. So, and that's like the only, the only knowledge I have about Eastern Oregon is, Hey, they produce this dude and this yeah. dude can out drink me like any, any day of the week, even if he's already really drunk and I'm just starting. No, he's, he's going to beat me. It doesn't yeah. matter.
3: <laughs> That'll happen when you're, when you're from those small NAI kind of towns where those schools yeah. are like Haver, legrand Dillon, Montana. Um, people in Sheeney want to, you know, want to bitch about some things that de- you know, they kind of wish like, Oh, I wish we had this and this. So yeah, right. It costs you, it gets worse if you want to go to like smaller towns and, but on the flip side is that, you know, you a lot more party and a lot more fun, but you kind of have to create your fun. as and I'm sure you guys know.
1: Yeah. that That is actually one of the best things about Cheney is like, mm-hmm. even though I'm not a small town kind of guy, I would not change like the size of Cheney for my experience in college. I thought it was the best I could walk everywhere I wanted um, so, you know, you don't have to ever worry about DUIs. You can walk. Yeah. Um, it has enough food for you. It has, you know, good bars, but it, it's a pure college town and that's what I truly love. So, you know, as awesome as it would be to go to like the university of Texas, it's in downtown Austin. Yeah. It's, it's just a different, different feeling. You know, I, I like the small town college vibe while you're in college. I loved it.
3: Nah, for sure. And, uh, when did you graduate from Eastern? when did you go to Eastern?
1: So I went to Eastern Washington from 2007 to, you know, 2011, 2012. So I got to see really the awesome things that can happen to a school when yeah. your program starts being really successful. You know, yeah. my first couple of years, 4,000 people a game. Um, that was kind of on average, unless it was Montana, then, it, then the atmosphere really kicked up a notch. And then the year after they won the national title, you know, 10,000 a game, 11,000 a game. And you can see the atmosphere completely change. People mm-hmm. were loving life. That's why I think athletics are a huge part about football and that kind of brings me into the next tie. So, you know, there was the article that came out a couple of weeks ago. Did you guys cover that at all um, with a spokesman review? Cause yeah. I, mean, I read so many articles that I just stopped clicking.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Our, we, I kind of hand that one over to news, you know, it's just cause yeah. you know, you do dealing with faculty and, and I think it wouldn't be good for me to write that article. Cause I'm, I mean, when it comes to, Stuff like that. It's I'm, I, I got my own personal biases, you know. I yeah. think I'm kind of clear about that on like, social media. So uh, kind of hand that over to a more objective person, I guess. <laughs> so, okay. uh, but yeah, well. I, I have been following it and I haven't really given, okay. I haven't really lent much credence to, uh, you know. I mean, it's, they could have, it's the faculties basically, you know, this is what they think and the, the, and this is what they think would help you know and uh and uh, at the same time they could have proposed a chick-fil-a you know, that, you know they could have proposed it <laughs> they, could, they, could have, they could have proposed anything hey you know I mean? honestly it, if,
1: if there's a chick-fil-a coming to eastern washington i'm voting yes i don't yeah, care how expensive sure. it is
3: uh, definitely put a
1: chick-fil-a in the new stadium i'm down
3: yeah but the thing is like a lot of people don't click the article yeah you know what I mean. Right. So when you're reading it and you're seeing the comments, and it's like there's a lot more nuance to what's going on, and you, it, it's like a you know a, a few faculty members who probably never dribbled a basketball in their life or anything like that. Uh, right. That, that's just not their thing. You know, people have. I, I, I'm sure they were ill. You know, well intentioned because it's because they're in their own scope as a academic, but um. I just, it, it's a proposal, you know, proposals get gunned down pretty quick. <laughs> you For know sure. what I mean? It's so that's until, what happens, like, until there's movement, like, let's say they voted, oh yeah, this, you know, it, it goes down the line and there's some movement there, then you can kind of be like, oh crap, you know what I mean? so that's why I didn't really kind of get too into it. And I kind of hand that one over. Yeah. I think they it's all about.
2: I think it's all about perspective, right? Uh, just you mm-hmm. know, like you're you're referring to, like they're kind of focusing on their uh, things that are important to them, right? They're not necessarily seeing the whole picture. Maybe like a lot yeah. of fans aren't seeing the whole picture as well. But uh, I I liked your uh, post. As soon as Eastern started saying, uh, "Listen, we're not getting rid of our athletic program. We're not getting rid of football." I can't mention what I can't remember exactly what you said, but you weren't really exactly shocked by this <laughs> uh, story.
3: Yeah, and if you, it's what's kind of disheartening is if you just like go, a, I don't know if you guys have tweet decks or anything like that, but if you put in a different, see, I have a tweet deck where I have all these different kind of mixed up terms of Eastern. Basically, if, if someone says Eastern Washington anything, or Eastern Washington football, EW, all these different kind of term, they can all get these little alerts, they pop up, and it's just amazing how, how many like legitimate or semi legitimate, you know, people are like whoa you know is this gonna happen mm-hmm. and it's kind of like get real you know I mean like just wait two seconds and then you know see it for what it is then kind of take a step back and I think when you're these media people and you're you know you're interviewing you know maybe be, I'm talking like on the west side or whatever you're gonna interview we need, we need to bring in Lynn Hickey in here and kind of get her hot take. like wait until it wait a minute you know just wait until it goes down the line see where it goes if it goes another step further to where they're like oh man we might actually cut a program then you can get a little worked up but I mean just the the thought I mean as a guy who you know rode the bench at an NAIA team and all my friends put NAIA I'm almost all trying to I'm trying to picture Eastern playing Carroll College and I'm just kind <laughs> of in my head yeah. so and you know and then obviously the reporters who cover it they they've never seen an NAIA football game in their life you know <laughs> I mean, they, right. I mean, I mean they, they probably know that it's not as good, but, um, you know, I think the re, if, if they knew the reality of it, they'd kind of be like, what's going on, you know? So, but yeah, I think it's all just kind of give too much credence to it yet yeah, until it goes down the line. I mean, the faculty members, I mean, they, they put in their proposal and all you can do is just they can just wait. And um, as far as the sports fans at Eastern, if you're getting excited about it, like you, you should probably not.
2: <laughs> yeah instead of letting, you know reports getting filtered out or go through a process everybody yeah. just likes it's a hot take right you yeah, know people take. are going to immediately yeah. click on it and i will say right i did take something away with you said tweet deck that's a like i'm, I'm guessing that's like a reporting like a uh, little tip and i'm writing that down kyler she also
3: write that down tw- tweet deck yeah do yeah tweet yeah you'll uh it's almost you'll, like you'll, a
1: google uh, alerts you get your yeah you get your alert.
3: Yeah, but it kind of, but it pops up in a row in a chronological order. You, so I have like 30 awesome. rows. So I, I have a row just for Vernon Adams. So anything Vernon Adams pops up, it's like, oh, there's a Vernon Adams tweet or Vernon Adams. You know, it's it's, it's you well, know, it's kind of just. Well, that yeah. came recently for sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But you know what I mean. So it helps. You should try it out.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to do that because we need to be on the top of you know Eastern everything since we're covering them weekly. So that's a good tip. You know, it, it's always good to have a, a real life or, you know, professional reporter on here to give us these tips <laughs> or else, like it. or else like it's just,
3: yeah,
1: <laughs> it's just rusty and myself, you know, having to search through Twitter, which can be a nightmare.
2: I feel like you're the professional golfer when it comes to reporting. We're like the caddies.
1: We're
3: yeah. like, <laughs> we're <good> out- <laughs> out- <laughs> not, out- you know, yeah. I'm
1: not even the caddy. I'm I'll just drive the <laughs> golf cart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, well, hey, uh, Rusty, do you have any other questions for Ryan before we actually dive into, you know, some of the sports content? Because, you know, we have one of the experts here. We got to talk about sports soon. But, Rusty, do you have any, you know, questions you want to ask Ryan while he's on? Actually,
2: we're going to go a little off topic here, but I think it's important to settle this little debate. And I'd like to hear Ryan's take as well. So there was a tweet. I believe that Lawrence Smith started this in regards to, like, if you're setting up a taco Uh, What was, you know, the toppings and the order that you would do it. And I don't think I understood your ratio portion that you would, because I think you said meat, cheese, meat. And I'm sorry, Ryan, we're going on a different road here. Uh, This wasn't planned. But can you walk me through your thought process there, Kyler?
1: Absolutely. And it's just because the, the three best things on a taco are meat, hot sauce, and cheese. So I could do without sour cream. So yeah, I'll put a layer of meat some cheese, some hot sauce. Then I'll put more meat, more cheese, more hot sauce. And that's my taco. I don't, I don't need sour cream. I don't need onions. I just want to pack that bad boy with meat.
2: See, when I, when I was just ima- imagining it in my head when you, you know, you, you tweeted that. And this is, I feel like the ratio is way off you need a perfect you just need the perfect amount of meat with with some cheese on it melt the cheese on there get some chalua not tabasco sauce if someone says that they okay i just lose total respect for somebody if they say oh oh, i love tabasco sauce i'm like there's no flavor in that it's all it's just like heat that's all there is you know but uh right valentina
1: is the way to go if you need a new hot sauce for that it's valentina
2: I'm perfectly happy with my choice. So, Ryan, if you, again, I know we're going off topic here, but this is, this really says a, a lot about your character, I think. So, <laughs> if we had to build, you know, the perfect taco, what what, what
3: what would it be? As far as meat, cheese, are, we, are we, uh, is this like in relation to a podcast, how, how like you'd, you'd, uh, structure it? Or just, are you talking like literally, Food. literally a taco oh okay okay because all right all right um well i'm a big guy i mean i listen to howard stern every day and i listen to like you know i listen to a, a series of podcasts and some pretty polarizing characters who are pretty sharp but also kind of and a lot of those guys just kind of right off the bat i mean if you're, if you're easing into it you, you could lose someone pretty quick i think um like you said, like the cheese and the meat, I think you probably want to go, uh, meat or like a uh, spicy salsa right off the bat, you know, or, you know, something like nice. that where you're like, whoa, holy sh-, you know, holy shit, this is pretty interesting. <laughs> you, you got me, you know what I mean? So you got me and if they got them, you know, I think when, I think if you've been, you hooked them early, you, even if it's five minutes, I mean, it's better than, and, and then it kind of tapers off and some boring stuff. It's better than the one or two minutes you might've lost them. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, the meat, you know, the uh, go, go interesting as possible first and kind of maybe get around it and go back to it. And then I think as far as, um, salsa, yeah, you can call that salsa too, whatever kind of, uh, uh, analogy you want to work with there. But, um, yeah, it's salsa, interesting, crazy right off the bat. And then, um, other things and kind of revisit the crazy.
1: Dude, I, I like the analogy of bringing the taco into a podcast. though. you know, kick kick you off with that kick in the face with a hot sauce. Now we don't do that here. You know, we need to maybe find some more hot sauce. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but, but Ryan, let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, Eastern Washington football last year. Uh, Unfortunately for Eastern fans, it was kind of a disappointing season. Now for a lot of the FCS fans across the nation, if they went seven and four versus D one schools, they'd be pretty pumped. Eastern. Hmm. Unfortunately, we have some pretty high standards because of how successful we've been at least, I feel we have high standards. So mm-hmm. overall, it was kind of a letdown season, but we, we seemed to really find our stride at the end of the year. Now, mm-hmm. it was versus you know some of the lower-tier competition in the Big Sky, yeah. but we started really finding our stride, in my opinion. But what was your thoughts on how Eastern Washington football performed? Versus yeah, I think Denver? it was pretty
3: underwhelming. I mean, considering uh, the kind of offensive talent they had, I know defense was going to have to take some lumps early until they got better, and they did. But, I mean, considering the schedule they had, I mean, they didn't play Weber State. They, they, they didn't play the two teams that made it to the semifinals on their schedule.
1: Yeah.
3: And the Jacksonville State, I mean, they they were talented, but they were kind of let down too, and they lost to them in a pretty wild game. But, um, uh, you know, Eastern was a decent team, you know, and, and like you mentioned, their standards are so high that when they miss the playoffs, you know, they're like, whoa, like, you know, the world's going to end. But um, it's going to – yeah, I think it was – I definitely uh, they underachieved a little bit, but um, defensively, I think was a big deal. I mean, I think people underestimated. I mean, the defensive line was pretty small, and I had a hard time applying pressure. And when you have corners who are that young and you know learning, it's going to be. You need a defensive line that's going to help them out a little bit. I mean, they they had flashes, you know, when they did better, and when they got Keith Moore back, there a little bit better, but. I mean, I think and even myself, I I kind of underestimated losing those corners. I mean, they had like these sixth year, you know, a couple of fifth year senior corners and a sixth year senior corner last year, and those were guys. Those guys were a pretty big deal. And uh, and they, those young guys that they had this year, they were pretty athletic, but they were inexperienced and they didn't have the help they needed to kind of you know when the quarterback has more time to kind of expose them, they they did it typically. So. And uh, I thought the linebackers were fine. I thought like, the safeties were mostly fine. I mean, they hit. They were. They had some struggles here and there, but uh, you can kind of point to that for some, you know, and then the offensive line. I mean, Eastern's offensive line was good. They had a good, I mean, you can't, but uh, scheme-wise, you can see that they were adjusting to some things. And as far as Eric Berrier, it's still to me a mystery, you know, and that's probably how they want to keep it out there is – was he hurt those your first few games? Was I mean, was he? Was that a nagging injury that you can to where they they were like, okay, we're not gonna let him you know run around all wild because if we do and he gets hurt, we're kind of screwed. So I think what they did, they might have done, is just you're gonna have to kind of be a, kind of a more of a pocket guy just by necessity. And then there's the and another train of thought was. Hey Eric, if you're going to be this great quarterback that we need you to be, we need you to be a better pocket passer. So we're going to drill it into your head a little bit here, and we're going to be we're going to yeah. be yeah. So those are the two. But anyway, those are the, the those are uh, the the big things I think that led to the season.
1: Yeah, for for one, I do like that Eric Berrye thing because. We did hear rumors that maybe he was injured, maybe not. You know, mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything with real confirmation. So yeah. it it's all based on assumptions, like you're saying. But mm-hmm. the first part of the year, now maybe it also was because that was the harder part of our schedule as well, yeah. that Eric Barrier wasn't moving to the outside. He wasn't leaving the pocket. He was mm-hmm. strictly a pocket passer in those first four games. And mm-hmm. my opinion on Eric, and I said it, you know, when I was talking with Vernon Adams on, these are these are two of like the greatest athletes Eastern Washington's had at the quarterback position. Yeah, um, athletic skill wise, but they operate differently. They're both considered dual dual type quarterbacks, but Eric sets up his passes with his legs. That's mm-hmm. how I view Eric. He mm-hmm. scrambles, he gets out of pressure, he extends plays where Vernon uses his arm to set up his scrambles. Mm-hmm. Um, so as amazing as they are, they're both opposites, and to see him really focus in the pocket. And that could have been a system thing. It could have been maybe he did have a nagging injury. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but it was interesting to see. And then you saw him towards the end of the year kicking in the gear where he was running all over the place. And that's where our offense, mm-hmm. you know, really didn't suffer the last the last, you know, six weeks or something or five weeks. We mm-hmm. only had one game under, what, 42 points. If yeah. it was something ridiculous like that. And we had three games over 50 points. And again, the the level of teams we played were a little different like so yeah so take it with a grain of salt portland state yeah, was right. not that good
3: yeah uh, and uh-huh but i was gonna say like, like you mentioned like and that's kind of why i, I was kind of hoping that they played one more better defensive team down the stretch so we can really gauge that you know what i mean it was like those last few teams they played were so bad at defense it's like were those guys that bad or did Eastern get better? And, and, and probably a bit, a bit of both, but I was just like, you no, know, let's say they played, I don't know, uh, a, a decent defense, you know, in the middle in week nine and yeah. Eric runs for 150 passes for 200, you know, something like that. Then you're like, okay, that's, that's legit. Okay. They're better. And they got better throughout the year. And they, but I, for all I know, they were, the offense was as good as it was, in week five as it was in week 12. You know what I mean? That's why I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it, it's tough looking at like
2: going into the season, right? Eastern was no like looking at the season wise is like Eastern had one of the easier schedules in the big sky. So that, that was a, you know, a big selling point there. And then also we had a first year offensive coordinator, first year yeah. defensive coordinator. We dropped that game against Jacksonville state 45 to 49, where mm. we should have, Probably, you know, held on to the lead. We dropped yeah. one against Idaho. Sacramento State was obviously better than a lot yeah. of people predicted. Again, Montana was another team that was better than a lot of teams predicted. But even mm-hmm. late in the season, I mean, when you started to see the teams kind of click on all cylinders, I mean, we barely beat Cal Poly 42 to 41. But uh, I think you're, you know, you're you're spot on. I mean, our offensive line was a pretty seasoned, you know, battle-tested offensive line i mean we had a lot of guys have played a lot of games on that that front there but uh i mean there was kind of a lot of unknowns and uh you you could definitely see towards later in the season eastern started to play uh on or firing all cylinders
1: well yeah i I can say you know comparing the last couple games so northern arizona eastern scored more against them than anyone else and i believe that's even including um you know the p5 teams they played same with portland state eastern scored more than anyone else so I do think we were finding a rhythm, but man, it would have been great to test that versus a good defense. Like you were saying, Ryan, and you were saying rusty.
3: Or even like Idaho at that point, you know, let's say that you played Idaho later in the season because they were, they were okay. You know what I mean? Like the defense was decent, you know? And then, but, but then when Mason Petrino like tore up Northern Arizona, it's like, okay, well that makes more sense. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Mason's like, you know, obviously a good football player, but I mean, he passed for like a million yards against NAU in that season finale. And you're like, okay. Well, that's the Northern yeah. Arizona defense, Eastern. So. NAU had yeah. one of
1: the worst, like, statistical defenses in recent FCS history. They were, they, <laughs> rough. They, they were just awful. So I do have a question for you about last year, though. Yeah. So Lindenwood. Let's take out Lindenwood. Let's put in San Diego, who most likely Eastern would have beat, you know, Cal Poly thrashed them, mm-hmm. or some type of lower or team, a D1 team that's in a lower tier division, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So we have the same amount of wins. Does Eastern Washington get in over North Dakota because we had to win against them and we'd have the same amount of D1 wins?
3: That's a good question. That's really, that, that, that crossed my mind too. I'm like, you know, what if Eastern played, you know, Western Illinois, you know, something, you know, and yeah. uh, that would have been close. It kind of would have had a 2017 feel to it really. Um, right. It been close. This year it was pretty much, I mean, it was, I, I kind of shut the door on that, like after Montana. I mean, it, so many things would have had to have gone right for them. I mean, obviously yeah. I think they had a, they had a chance at the end there because it, it, when, when human beings are deciding the fate, you know, you, you can't just you, you put a hundred percent, that's it. But, um, but yeah, I think it's that's an interesting thing to think about because I think they, they would have had to, have, they would have sweated it out and, but I think they might've been owed one, you know, from 17. Well- so you never, you never know. And that's, uh. <laughs> That's the, that's the game That's the game you play though when, you, when you schedule a D2 team and things don't go the way you want it to go. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And right
1: after the Montana game, mm-hmm. I, I posted, hey, Eastern Washington's postseason chances are gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would need some crazy amount of, you know, almost every team to start losing three out of the next five games or three out of the next four to mm-hmm. have a chance. Yeah. But if Eastern Washington had an, F, an FCS or a D1 win over there instead of Lindenwood yeah. and we won out, I think the chances would still be fairly good because... Oh, yeah. I don't know if the committee puts UND over Eastern if Eastern beat them in the head to head.
3: Yeah. The UND one was kind of curious they had, they had a couple of really good wins. They were just a weird team. UND was and, And, uh,
1: Montana state or something like that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They were a wild. I think, man, I think if they, if the weather was better, which is crazy to think about UND because they're from North Dakota, (laughs) but you know, uh, when they came to Eastern, you could just totally tell that they were just because it was snowing in September. It was just wild. It was they, such they a weird. We looked, looked yeah. so out of sorts, <laughs> oh,
1: and we, uh, we were and, running one play, and we we ran all over I mean, It was running up yeah. the gap.
3: <laughs> yep. And their offense, like they they they, they kept slinging it because they had to. They had yeah. to keep throwing when it was like freaking snowing and dropping. It's just like they were they were just kind of screwed. So, um, but they kind of made a run there at the end, and you know Eastern. Had a couple of timely uh, turnovers they forced at the end there that really saved their butt, and they got things going again. So that was a pretty good game. Um, but uh, if it was played in the Dome. Who knows how it went. And, and that's kind of how North Dakota played all year. They were good in the Dome. But I think Idaho State smacked them. So I mean, it was just a it was, it was just weird. It was a weird year.
1: It, it was a weird year. So going into weird years, is next year going to be any different? What, what's your thoughts on next year? Or have you even really given next year much of a thought?
3: I have. I mean, I get bored sometimes. I'm on an airplane. I like write down people who I think are going to start next year. People who I think could help. You know, I just kind of, I just get really bored in, in my in my mind sometimes. And uh, I think their offense is going to be really good. Um, if they learned anything from those last that last stretch and kind of take something out of it. I mean, I think the line and the thing is, the offensive line is going to be tough to replace. I think it's Eastern you know, they've had a pretty good tradition of, 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 plugging in some good linemen. I think, I mean, I think their worst line was 2016 in recent years. And look what they did then, you know? Right. <laughs> so, uh, you mean, but I haven't really seen much of these kids, you know, there, I, 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 haven't seen much of the backups play. I mean, I've seen them in practice and stuff and they get in and in those, in those blowouts, or whatever. But, uh, as far as experience, it's going to be, there isn't much there, but if, they, you know, it's, we'll we'll see how if, if if Aaron still is vested in the line <laughs> as a head coach because you know he's a head coach. You got to worry about other things, you know. But um, sure. so we'll really see how good of a line coach uh, Jace is, I guess, <laughs> with uh, with with uh, this new with this new group. But if 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 history is in any indication, they should be at least decent. So, and you'll have those weapons around them. I, I'm really curious. I mean, I, it's a pretty good crop of guys on offense so it's but it's going to be a matter of how good the defense is the demons going to be better and at the same time the league's getting better it, it, it's going to i mean weber's going to be good in defense again the offense might be even be better now they're going to, they've kind of shaken some things up for their offense at weber state uh jeff choate's got it rolling at montana state uh montana i mean i think they're going to be good again so idaho they got this kid from yukon I, I thought idaho had a better quarterback throughout the year um they'd be dangerous. You know, and they got a guy from UConn who has experience. So, with those running backs, and maybe they'll be better, you know. So, I think Eastern, they could be better, but at the same time, the league's going to be better. So, I think it's going to be kind of a real pivotal year in the best era to see if uh, they ride to the occasion.
2: Yeah. Well, looking at. Well, looking at next year's schedule, I mean, it doesn't get any easier by any means. Yeah. I mean, we play Montana at home. Uh, We play home against Idaho. Uh, Weber Mm -hmm. State, we play at home. Uh, UC Davis, we're playing there. We're playing away. Montana State, we're playing home. I mean, those are all pretty tough teams. So, it should be interesting. So, right, what do you think, what is the biggest need of improvement going into 2020? Uh,
3: Corner. Um, obviously young guys, they're pretty athletic, so I think they'll be better. Um, uh, I think just cohesiveness, man, they, you watch those first few games last year and you're like, is this the same, are these the same guys, like what's going on? Just kind of like just little, just little things, you know, you're like all these penalties, like, when did you guys forget to be disciplined? You know, it's, it's a lot of the same guys. So, um, a lot of little, a lot of little things kind of caught up to them. It was weird. It was a weird, it was just so strange. Cause it's not like. They had a new quarterback. They had all these new receivers. I mean, there's a reason people who follow FCS football on the big sky or whatever thought they were going to be good. They weren't like, oh my God, they got decimated by graduation. They're going to be, it's going to be a middle of the, you know, no, no one thought that. So, but you know, on offense, they have a lot of those guys back, you know, Eric, you know, the running backs are going to be, I think they'll be fine at running back. They're gonna be a little bit different, but they're gonna be good. Uh, They got tall, big receivers back. Tight ends are still big. Um, so if the line is just decent i they'll still move the football and if they're calling the plays that suit the athletes they have which it seemed like they were doing toward the end but defense man they they don't want to go back to the old eastern days where they're giving up 9000 a game so um so but, but i mean chris ojo that's like i mean there's a guy you know he's a freak athlete and he's losing him definitely hurt him and then Sendel Bach, I imagine he'll get a six year. Then they have the kid from Idaho, the Cheney kid, Graham, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, those are good, those are good linebackers. And then, uh, I mean, losing Hayes is big, but then they got the kid who, who appears to be a, you know, he'll be good as the kid Doyle from Arizona state, you know? I mean, Kreiner, oh, sure. you, know, you look at him, you're like, who's this guy, you know, but he's a good football player, he, you know, he's, uh, yeah. so,
1: so one thing I wanted to, um, bring up was what Rusty just said. So he the schedule doesn't get any easier, right? But Mm -hmm. one of the things he said is all, and I don't know if you guys caught on to this, but every single one of our tough games besides Florida, but I don't count that. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not going to say Eastern is (laughs) going to win that game, but all of our tough games, the schedule is at home, which is great. Like every single one, our easy games are on the road. And if you've watched anything about Eastern Washington, this decade, even in our down years, Mm -hmm. we're pretty good at home. Even last year, we were undefeated at home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the year before undefeated. We haven't lost a game at home in two years and it's rare when we lose. Uh, We're a top four team in the FCS in this decade with a home field record. And what's crazy Mm -hmm. is in three of our, or four of our seasons of, you know, playing a home field, our losses Mm -hmm. came in the playoffs at home. So (laughs) it was undefeated in the regular season. So even though we have a tougher schedule, Mm -hmm. it's not like last year where all of our tough games were on the road. All of our, games are at home and I feel a little more confident about the, the teams we're playing on the road. I don't fear UC Davis that much um, right now because of what they lose. I True. don't fear Northern Colorado. I think they're still a couple of years away from Ed Ed's new system to, you know, kick in the gear. I do not fear Southern Utah anymore. Um, and then Portland state. I don't, I don't ever fear Portland state. So all of the mm-hmm. good teams, I am really glad they are coming to us. It gives us a little mm-hmm. bit of an edge. Um, but me and Rusty saw this one picture of one of our new recruits online. Have you seen it, Ryan? Justice Jackson, his, his post?
3: No, there's just so many of those guys that, uh, I, I typically don't get too into the recruits till about August.
1: <laughs> so, so he has been hitting, I thought he was going to be one of our best like commits and mm-hmm. I thought we were going to redshirt him, let him develop, pack on mm-hmm. some muscle and size.
3: Yeah.
1: They, it, they posted like a progress pick of how buff he is getting on Twitter in two months mm. of being, you know, I don't know if he's working with the Eastern coach, if it's a private yeah. uh, trainer or something, he's gained like 13 pounds of, it looks like a hundred percent muscle in two months. <laughs> this kid looks like he's, you know, only a couple months away, ready to play D one football out of, as a freshman. I'm pretty excited about this. Rusty. I know you and I were chatting about this guy. What's your thoughts on, on this? Is it the strength, training program are you getting more excited now seeing that now he's not scrawny anymore he's a he's a a dude
2: well when we were looking at his highlight tapes right we were just talking on his you know his speed his just just a pure athlete right but one of the things we talked about is like he just needs to get a little bit bigger but 173 pounds to 187 pounds which looks like pure muscle to me to yeah. gain that in that time frame from december to february like that's very impressive. I mean, that's just pure diet and just pure time in in the weight room. And the guy, I mean, the kid's an athletic kid. So uh, I mean, you cannot help but be very excited to see this guy uh, on the field.
1: I'm I'm extremely excited because he's an all-purpose back too, and you know we did lose Custer, um, so that helps having a kid like this who can maybe fill in with that speed in the backfield. Cause we do have a pretty stacked running back um, with some of the injuries that happened. We, we got some of the players back. So I am excited. Uh, we're going to do a quick way too early prediction on how next season's going to go. Rusty, I'm going to get your thoughts. What's our record and how far do we make it in the playoffs?
2: Oh, well, he, well, quite that's a good question. I do think we're going to make it to the playoffs. As far as how far we're going to make it, uh you know that really depends to me on our offensive line uh being able to protect uh Eric Barrier because I you know, I agree with Ryan. I was very curious to see, you know, if Eric Berry was injured or how seriously, you know, he was injured because obviously in the Sacramento state game, when we had to put in gunner, uh, that really affected the game. So, uh, I do think we're going to make the playoffs, but, uh, I am really not sure how far we're going to go. What, what are your thoughts, Kyler?
1: Well, I want to hear now what, what's the record you think? I I, do it. You just, it's way too early. (laughs) People will forget about this podcast in about three weeks. So it doesn't matter.
2: Uh, well, what do we got, I think we're probably going to be right around the, uh, I don't know, probably eight win range. That's, that's kind of my take is I think we're going to, we're going to win eight. Obviously we're going to lose the Florida. I don't. So anybody that's out there that's listening, thinking, well, we're going to compete with Florida. It's not going to happen. I'm just going <laughs> to pee in your Cheerios right now. <laughs> I think we're going to win more games than we did last year. I think we're going to win right around eight games.
1: And Ryan, what's your thought, real quick? I know it's way too early to even put these types of thoughts mm-hmm. in people's heads, but screw mm-hmm. it.
3: It's Not our right. podcast;
1: we do what we want. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. I said people they, they remember what I say back in, you know when I show up to the gym. On a, you know, oh, didn't you say we we're gonna lose? You suck. <laughs> <dude."> <laughs> um, but um, I think Rusty. I think eight. eight, I think eight between six, eight, and eight at the, eight, nine at best, and uh, six at the very worst. I mean, it's just, um, I, I mean, I gotta see some improvements in the pretty key areas. But I also know how Eastern develops guys, and how, and how last year there were just some little fringy things that kind of held them back. Maybe they could clean up. I mean, then again, you know, two years ago, did we, did we really think that Eastern was going to go to the FCS national championship game? You know. Right, I mean, I thought like, oh, you know, maybe they'll make it to the quarterfinals, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then they went on, and you're just like, oh shoot, you know. And so, FCS football is so strange to predict. It's just, it's just, you know, when you when you get to the you know, FBS, you kind of know who the dudes are, you know what's going on. But it's just uh, the way the scheduling is in the Big Sky, and the way the, the playoff bracket is. It's just so tough. Um,
2: well. I think you hit the nail on the head. There is developing, you know, your players, you know, obviously North Dakota state and even Eastern Washington has shown their ability to develop players. And that's uh, to me like for, you know, continued success. Like we need to continue to develop our players. And, uh, you know, I think you're, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head there.
1: So how far do we make it in the playoffs? Quarterfinals or bust?
3: Go ahead, Ryan. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Why well, I, I I feel like I'm I'm just not really qualified right now to talk about that. I haven't really like thought about it too deeply. I mean, you guys are you guys are on it, yeah. you know. Um, I'll you make
1: know. the prediction. Yeah, I'm not I'm not scared. Uh, so due to having all of our tough games at home and seeing how Eastern plays at home mm-hmm. compared to on the road, I do think Eastern Washington goes at l- right around nine and two. Um, we lose a Florida, of course. I don't think any reasonable person is going to think we're going to go in and beat them. Um, now what I love it, absolutely. I'm going to cheer the crap out of them and I'm going to try and go to the swamp because that would just be epic. Um, mm. but I don't fear any of our road games. I really don't. And then at home it, I find it hard to think we're going to lose more than one home game, um, for some of these teams. So even though our schedule is a lot tougher, I'm going nine and two and I'm going to say quarterfinals are bust. I think we at least make the quarterfinals possibly a run once we're in the playoffs. Um, because it is tough to play at Cheney. And my guess is if we go nine and two, we're at least having a couple home games.
0: Yeah,
2: now, but I right, think that's a pretty good prediction there. I mean, uh, even this year, you know, the Easter didn't make the playoffs and, you know, some people are kind of losing their minds. If they won only like six games this next season, I I mean, I couldn't even imagine what would happen, but I think uh, quarterfinals or bus, it, it, you know, that's a pretty good prediction in my opinion.
3: Well, and the reason it we'll six is like you know I think people underestimate how important an offensive line can be when you're True. Eastern you can like okay get the, you know they get the ball out quick and all those other things but I mean you saw it last year when even when a, the good line had some struggles you're like whoa you know what I mean so um and these well, are and these like kids...
1: the biggest oh sorry go you ahead. can keep going
3: no go ahead I was basically just saying like you know it's it's really easy to to, to remember guys like Eric and and uh Tamaric Pierce and Boston and Jones and all these other great offensive players, but I mean, if someone's blowing up the middle of that line, you know, <laughs> right. a lot of uh, kind of plays aren't happening unless you really want to let Eric Eric do what he does. And then maybe it, it maybe it, it proves serendipitous for Easter. Maybe, but let say the line isn't good, then Eric's running for his life, and then they're better. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? So well, that was, uh, it's that was just, one of the I mean,
1: weirdest. Yeah, that was one of the weirdest things about it because on paper our line coming into this year was the best line we've had like on paper it was the best I thought they actually struggled a lot this year Um, and then when you look at our playoff run two years ago when we went to the national championship we had to plug in a lot of players who didn't have experience because of the injuries so this year was supposed to be a rebounding year with our line or rebuilding year because a lot of those players were supposed to graduate but they yeah. got their medical red shirts because they got injured pretty early. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was weird to see our O line, at least in the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. in my opinion, struggle as much as they did. Um, when that was on paper, supposed to be one of our most experienced, one of our most decorated lines. Like I thought no Never. one was going to be able to touch Eric and it was, it was tough to watch the first couple weeks. So maybe mm-hmm. it's a good thing. Maybe it's not. I'm, I am curious on to see how it will play out, but, uh, I, I do like your take and, you know, we're all going to hope for the best here.
3: Yeah. People don't realize with my job, like it's easier when they win. <laughs>
0: you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Absolutely.
3: <laughs> I think people are out there like, yeah, and no, it's just how the climate, social media climate, like if, if I predict picking to lose or I, you know, I, you got, you got, I mean, you got to tell it straight. I'm not trying to like ruin anybody's life, but like you, they think that you have a tone about you that's that you want. No, it's like, dude, you get that. Like, it's more fun for me when they win. <laughs> Uh, but, we, we understand uh, these past couple days for sure yeah so it, so it was just like so like, i mean yeah i mean be better for my job and my life it's kind of like when i'm I, I you know when you're a beat writer and if a player or a coach you know whatever i'm covering like gets in trouble it's like it's more work for me guys <laughs> i'm not i'm not winning like a freaking pulitzer because this guy got in trouble it's more work for me and it's awkward but like at the same time you got to go in there and be a real journalist and not like a cheerleader so but i think there's this weird balance you got to be able to do where you're like hey uh pretty normal guy i'm not looking to be a troll i'm just but at the same time if you get in trouble that's probably something you were in control of and and if you lose it's just i gotta report that i'm not gonna like you know when the, when i you know when you see it in the in the climate now with a lot of colleges you know they they pay money to have a media their own personal media but you'll see it with a bad sports team where they get smoked and like the headlines like southern utah is it their best shot and loss <laughs> you know what i mean right so it's just uh, it's a weird balance but like like i said um uh, it would be more fun for me if they won and uh, what's Hope they do. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I think we're all hoping that. Well, we, we only got about 15, 20 minutes now, so let's talk about some basketball because this season has been one of the seasons like Eastern Washington basketball is doing phenomenal overall. Yeah. We are um, 18 and eight. We're doing really well. We we're probably going to hit this 20 mark wins, which is exciting, but we've had some of the most stressful games I can remember. And it, this was kind of like our football season. A lot of the games came down to the wire. It didn't matter if we were behind, we came back to win or it didn't matter if we were up. We came, we, we lost, they came back to win and that had this feel. So Eastern Washington played Sac- Sacramento state who they're a top half team. In my opinion, in the big sky, their record doesn't really show it, especially after they lost Eastern that pushed them down. Uh, but they are tough. They're the best defensive team. Eastern Washington won 77 to 76 at Reese court. Rusty, were you at the game? Ryan, were you at the game?
2: Yeah, I covered it. Yeah. I wasn't at so, the game, but I watched it at home.
1: So so let's have the guy. Well, Rusty, you are the expert in here, so kind of expert. dictate the game. <laughs> well, not compared to Ryan, but but in in terms yeah. of this podcast, you versus me, you follow it a little more than me. You 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 talk about basketball more than me, and you have a better vertical than me. We already established this. So <laughs> Talk about how the game went, and then we're going to get the real expertise since he covered the game on oh, okay. his thoughts.
2: Yeah, uh, to me, I mean, obviously, if you look at both halves, they both tell a different story. Uh, Eastern dominated in the first half. I mean, they were leading 39-26 to 26, You know, at halftime. Uh, Eastern shot 52%. Sac State shot right around 33%. I mean, Mason Peeling was doing his thing with 14 points just in the first half. 20 of our 39 points was, you know, in the paint. Sac State had zero fast break points. So we weren't giving up anything easy. I think Eastern was, you know, sticking to their, their game plan. Uh, they're doing exactly what they needed to do, but you know, come the second, second half and and we've seen this throughout the season. Even if it's a fast start or they struggle in the second half of the game, we just kind of let Sacramento State back in the game and they shot 67% just in the second half alone. They had. Sac State had 18 points off of turnovers, and uh, I'm not going to pronounce his last name. Number two (laughs) scored 16 points alone in the second half. He was four for 17 from three point range, and obviously Sacramento State is not really known for their you know their shooting abilities. They're pure you know a defensive team if you look at them. Uh, Joshua Patton had 13 points in the second half. They won a 17 to two run with 13 uh, minutes, just over 13 minutes left in the second half. Uh, you know, Eastern Washington was leading 52 50, 44, but at the end of the run, you know, Sac State was up 64 to 58. But Aiken, I mean, we were talking about him last podcast. He's been in a shooting sump for the past couple of games, but, you know, he shot, he hit back-to-back threes, you know, when we really needed it. Uh, we took the back, you know, the lead back with uh just over four minutes left in the game, and Eastern Washington, who's been up and downs at the free throw line, they went six for six when they really needed it, and they basically kept the lead to you know win the game. Mason Peatling had a double-double with 28 points, 10 rebounds. Kimega Jr., 16 points, 6 rebounds, and Jacob Davison, 12 points. But the second half, they just to me, they looked like Sacramento State really got comfortable. They got in their groove as far as what they wanted to do. Eastern Washington had some really sloppy play, which we've seen in... E- usually in early in the game, but uh, I mean, we're able to kind of bat, you know, claw away and back into the game, you know, giving up the lead late in the game and, you know, keep the lead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ryan, what were your thoughts on the game since you actually covered it?
3: Yeah, I thought it was kind of a role reversal of sorts. It looked like Eastern was the defensive team in the first half. And it looked like Sac state was the offensive juggernaut. <laughs> it was kind of wild, but, um, uh, you know, Eastern they like you mentioned they're so you never know what you're going to get but the thing is they they they're winning the, they're winning games and um you look at their the remaining schedule and it's it's going to get a little tougher here but um but as far as, as far as Sac state i mean they're they give teams problems and then when when eastern was like blowing them out in the first half i'm like wow it's kind of hard to do cuz they just don't they, they take away the three and they kind of just they're 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 frustrating to deal with. If you're the, the most talented teams in the league, um, have trouble with Sac State the way they play. It's kind of a very methodical, and they, you know, they play a, a, a certain pace that kind of prevents you know teams from uh, really giving it to them because they're not as talented. But um, but Sac State, you know they they were playing Eastern's pace there, and, that, and that's what you want to do. You want to control the tempo, and I think Eastern did that. And then Sac State, remember, they were the, uh, one of the best defensive teams. They're the best defensive team in the, in the conference, and they kind of started forcing turnovers. Uh, some of those were just bad Eastern decisions. Others were just Sac State just knowing where to be. But uh, you got to give Eastern credit. You know they could have give that one away. And right now it's a it's a it's a, it's a conference pennant race. You know, so um, so I'm really in- interesting to see how they they kind of get past that because I think they would they would have lost that one. It would have been kind of tough to be two and a half games out with five games left and with two teams ahead of you in the conference standings as far as winning it
2: yeah with a lot lot of close games throughout the season so far i i I truly believe that eastern's learning a lot of good lessons early in the season even mid and late season by winning or you know playing a lot of these close games because getting ready to go in the tournament i mean it's, it's just kind of a different environment different you know feel Playing in a tournament game, and uh, I feel like a lot of these close games is going to really help them uh, when they go down to Boise to play.
3: Yeah, that's going to be if you're. I think the Big Sky tournament is going to be pretty crazy. I mean, if you're if you have like any disposable income, you might just want to go to Vegas and just <laughs> put hundred on this random team or and hunt them on this, you know, and just see it, what it's, happens because it's, it, gonna it's be probably going to happen. Wild.
1: Yeah, I mean, that—that yeah. that is like a weird thing effort. about East or the Big Sky in general. So it's great to finish first in the regular season. It does not matter. The end goal is always to try and get to the tournament and win the Big Sky tournament. Yeah. Um, at least in my opinion, that's the end goal from what I would like to see out of the team. And yeah. anyone can do it once you're in the Big Sky tournament. You know, Idaho is going to be in the Big Sky tournament and they're at the bottom of the conference. So,
3: and they so, can beat teams.
1: <laughs> and, and they can beat teams. They've had a lot of close losses versus some of the best teams. So, yeah anything can happen once you hit the tournament. And that's what makes, in my opinion, basketball as a whole. So exciting. Um, so quick question. We have two games coming up that we want to do a quick breakdown in and also do a score prediction. So Eastern Washington, we play NAU next. That is tomorrow. Um, at four o five, my time, I think it's at like two o'clock your guys's time. If I'm not mistaken, last time we played NAU, we won 77 to 66. Rusty, what are the keys of the game?
2: Yeah, to, I mean, obviously, looking at last game, the three points, you know, to me was what won us the game. I think we're like fourteen for you know thirty-seven or something like that from the three-point line, scoring forty-two points from three points. I mean, that's that's a pretty big advantage, and NAU only had eighteen points uh, from three-point land. And uh, to me, like looking at the matchup, is uh, we. As Far as matchup wise, it's gonna be really interesting to watch Mason Peeling and uh Brooks to Bishop uh play. We need to keep Mason Peeling out of foul trouble. Uh, I think you know, if he's getting into foul trouble, it's gonna be really hard to score points against this team or even to match their points. Uh Eastern needs to penetrate to score buckets. That's that's my you know opinion going into this game is uh, obviously, a lot of points come from three-point r- range last game, and I think NAU is going to do the best that they can to kind of deny uh, the three-point shot. But if we need to, you know, start nailing uh, the mid shots by penetrating either Mason Peatling hitting the you know buckets down low or dishing it out to a mid-point shot or even a, from three-point range. But we need to shoot above around fifty percent for to win the game. That's that's the way that I look at this game. I think it's going to be a pretty tough matchup.
1: And, uh, Ryan, what are your keys to this game? Does Eastern pull it off?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it, they've been turning the ball over a lot. I mean, and, and a lot of that has to do with the pace they play. It's kind of like Eastern football where the defense gives up a million yards because the offense had a quick drive, you know. Um, right. But um, uh, the way they play, they, 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 they're they Trying to fly up the floor and do all these things, but uh, turnovers—you know, like you saw against Sac State, and like you saw against I- Idaho—reports that you know they uh, they have these little turnover sprees, and they're just like weird turnovers too. They're not just like completely terrible. You know, when you think of a turnover, you think of a, a point guard telegraphing a pass and it gets picked. up. No, there's like, these weird kind of turnovers they have, but, um, but yeah, they're gonna have to kind of limit that. I think that's kind of—I think their little turnover—you know—that it's kind of got them in bad spots here and there, but I think. You know, obviously, Northern Arizona's a better team uh, than they were in the past. You know, they they seem mm-hmm. they, they they just smacked Idaho and Moscow. In Idaho, as Idaho as erratic as they are, you know, they it's it's, it's kind of hard sometimes to beat them when they're at home like that. But uh, they did it, and um, yeah, they can't like, you know, they, Eastern just can't afford a letdown at this point. I mean, you got to take care of your home games because next week's next weekend's going to be that's a that's a tough road trip so i i think you know, they just take care of the basketball uh mason i mean don't go away from him you know he's gonna get, he's gonna be steady he's gonna get you a double double uh, and and you just hope that you can still manufacture those looks from three point you know that's part of your identity but you know once you get kind of i don't know there's times where kim kind of gets a little too excited and he's pulling from wherever, but he uh he had a good game last game, so maybe he's a little more confident now. Um, you know, Ellis is kind of distributing a little more, than, and and Rouse, you know, Rouse, you never know what Rouse, is, you know, Rouse is kind of a spark plug there. He'll get you going. But um, and Davison, you know, you know, when Davison gets going, I mean, <laughs> they're about as good as anybody. So um, it's, it, it's Eastern teams is really strange. You know, they're good. You know, you could are the best in the league still if you wanted to, and it um, probably wouldn't be wrong. But you know they have so many different things about them you know you can you can point to what in you know, the flaws you can point to what's great it's, and that's kind of what makes this conference pennant race so so fun you know you, just, you you do not know you know all we know is that there's three teams in it and it's going to get a lot harder from here on out
2: yeah i mean and, it, like like you're alluding to if you look at the and they used last two losses against Weber State and uh, Northern Colorado against, you know, both teams have, you know, pretty athletic and studs for guards with Jared uh, Harding and Jonah Radeba. Uh, to me, it's the guards need Eastern Washington, guard Davison, Aiken, you know, Rouse slash Magnuson, uh mm-hmm. need to, you know, perform at a pretty high level uh, for us to get a, a win. Yeah. So pretty-
1: what, what's your guys' score predictions for this game? Rusty, we'll start with you.
2: Uh, I think Easter's going to win this game. I think it's going to be very close. Uh, I think it's going to be right around the 82-78 range.
3: Okay. Ryan? That sounds pretty good. Yeah, that sounds about how I was thinking too. Um, you know, they, 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 they've been playing pretty well. I mean, just because, I mean, they've been pretty inconsistent, but I think people underestimate how hard it is to claw back from a deficit in basketball like they did at Portland State. and I mean – a bad team, you know, or even like think, think of a Southern Utah who has all these dudes. How do you think they're responding when they're getting beat by 20 at Portland State or how when Sac State's all of a sudden giving them trouble, you know? So that that, right. that, that kind of that gives you an idea of how savvy Eastern is, you know? So I think that's going to be pretty big down these next five games.
1: I like it. So, so now we're going to break into Southern Utah and the last time we played them Eastern won, in one of the most insane games. It, we won 81 to 78. This was another one where it kind of looked like this Sac state game was going to turn into, but Eastern Washington had the lead at halftime. Then Southern Utah went on a giant spree. I mean, with only a couple minutes left, they were, they were leading and then Eastern had to make one crazy comeback just to get it into overtime. And then we won, um Ryan, what are your thoughts on this game? How can eastern Washington beat Southern Utah?
3: Yeah. Um Southern Utah, I think they're the most talented team in the league. Uh if you all you gotta do is just kind of watch them warm up and you're like, geez, those guys are pretty good. Yeah. And then uh you look at the roster and you're like, okay, that guy's from UNLV, that guy's from Boise State, that guy's from Iowa State. You're like, okay. And then you look at the recruiting, they are all three, four star recruits and you're like, geez, um, they're, they're always going to be dangerous, especially at home. You know, they're, they're a wild team that, and they were actually getting their butts kicked pretty good last, uh, last night and they came back against Northern Colorado. And Northern Colorado is Northern a,
1: a scary team.
3: Yeah. They're good. Yes. Yeah, so Northern Colorado, yeah. Northern Colorado, you know, you can say that they might be the best coach team in the league. Really? Yeah. Um, Linder's done a pretty good job down there. I mean, obviously Travis has and done, Shante, and those. I mean, there's a lot of good. I mean, the thing about the Big Sky, it's not like you're watching a high major, you know, a high major at. I mean, there's obviously some studs in there, but you know, you're, you know what you're watching. You're watching the, up the, the conference champ go on to be a 15 seed, 16 seed, but the coaching in the league is really good. Um, and there's only so many Division One jobs, you know, and there's a, there's a zillion Division One basketball players, but only so many Division One ba- coaching jobs. And there's a lot of good coaches in this league. And you see it with Northern Colorado and you see it with Montana and you see Shantae kind of being an up and comer. And you see it, you know, in, in, in other spots in the conference. So... Um, I think that's a that kind of adds to the dynamic of the big sky, and I think it adds to why it's so crazy sometimes. So, I mean, even Idaho For State. Sure. I mean, I mean, Idaho. Mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, it's just it, there's there's a lot of accomplished coaches in the in the league. You know, there isn't. I mean, you could argue some aren't, and some kind of might have you know fallen up sometimes, but um, it's really it, it's fun, and I think. Northern Arizona, like they're one of those teams and, and for them to kind of be where they are without Jordan Davis, you know, it's tells you that that's a good coaching job.
1: Absolutely. So we're, we're running up on our time because I have a hard stop in just a couple minutes. So gotcha. uh, each one, give us a score prediction for this game. Uh, Southern Utah versus Eastern Washington.
3: I'll go first. I'll say 85, 81. Easter and they uh, claw back from a deficit and do the thing they do. All
1: right. I like it. R- Rusty?
2: Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be very quick about this. It, I think it's going to be really tough because I think Ryan's spot on the money. Uh, I think Southern Utah is probably one of the most talented teams. They're very long and very athletic. I mean, they're eight at, uh, eight and four at home. They're just coming off of a three-game uh road losing trip. And we gotta remember last game, they their guys got a lot of their guys got in foul trouble. So it really affected their rotation. Um, I won't go over, you know, their individual matchups. I'll say that for another time. But uh I I, I mean, Eastern needs a complete game to win this game, but I think they're gonna fall to Southern Utah 74, 66.
1: Perfect. I will. I, I, I think Eastern Washington wins. I think we win. Um, gosh, if I had to pick a score, I'm going to say 72 69. I think it's going to be a close battle, a low scoring game, a lot of missed shots on both sides. So we do have a couple questions that we have to ask real quick from people on Twitter, on the Twitter sphere, if you will, but for one, I answered this before I think Rusty's answered it. So I want to hear your answer yeah. If you could name the Idaho versus Eastern renewed rivalry, what would the name be? Because we need a name for every good rivalry, and we don't have one.
3: Man, um, I thought about that at one point, and uh, shoot, I thought I, I call it the Power Hour Bowl because both colleges. <laughs> I, 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 I think uh, both colleges get after it on on Saturdays. So uh, hey, we'll, we'll sponsor the rivalry. What's up?
1: We'll, we'll sponsor the rivalry here because it is the power hour here. So <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Rusty, have you answered that question before? Uh, you know, I,
2: I've thought about it. and One, I'm not creative. Two, I'm very uh, indecisive about it. Uh, I actually like Ryan's just for, uh, I mean, it very, you know, <laughs> being the Eagles power hour, it's obviously my my interest is in that. So uh, <laughs> I like Ryan's answer. I'm changing my answer to Ryan's answer.
3: I do might so be a I, I, lot of- person, Yeah,
1: we'll have to build a um, trophy and have Ryan present it every single year. Yeah. <laughs> I I personally like the battle of the butte because steptoe butte is like that middle point between Cheney and Moscow Mm -hmm. and you could have a, a cool, you know, trophy for it and maybe even figure out a way where we can put a flag up there. You know, every year one person's flag has to go down something crazy. I don't think, um, the fish and wildlife department or state agriculture or whatever would let us put a flag on there, but Oh, well we can try it. Um, Rusty, was there another question on the Twitter sphere that we got to ask, uh, before we turn off this podcast?
2: Yeah. One last question. So if you're an athletic director for the day, uh, what would be your, your, you know, what would you do? This is from, uh, Chris Hammond from Tubbs at the club.
3: If I'm Eastern's athletic director, what am I doing?
2: Yeah. What, what, if you're an athletic director for one day, what, what would you do?
3: Like a athletic director or Eastern's athletic director? <laughs> Eastern's athletic director. Oh, okay, Okay. Um, well, I'd probably, I mean, man, I never really thought about that I And mean, administrate it. I mean, i I'm just, there's a reason i kind of do the things I do now. Cause I don't like, it, I don't like respons- that kind of responsibility in my life. <laughs> uh, shoot. I'm probably put, getting rid of those high school bleachers on the first thing I'm doing. Cause think about it. My man, my man. The, the, the thing is, is when, if I'm Eastern, I'm as image conscious as I think they are. Um, you're gonna want to. A lot of the cameras, when you're watching the FCS title game or whatever, they face toward those high school bleachers. They don't face toward the fans on the nice side. Yeah. So it's like if if you've never been to the Eastern game, or you're watching the highlights or whatever, or you see like, you need to never ever film that direction ever. Right. But like, like, go buy a freaking scaffolding and make sure, like, you know pay the $100,000 for this like nice camera scaffolding until you get better at those, at those 10 bleachers. And, and that kind of, and that kind of goes for the, 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 the Eastern's media as far as a lot of the times, Eastern's media will shoot pictures toward there. It's like, dude, you don't have to do that. Just take your camera, walk to the yeah. sidelines and shoot towards the fans every time. So if for I'm, sure. Yeah. So if I'm Eastern's AD, I'm like, do hide those bleachers until we get them which we'll do soon.
1: Well, yeah, that, that new stadium renovation, it has an amazing away side with, you know, press boxes. So hopefully we can raise enough money to get that because that would change how yeah. Eastern Washington looks on TV. Cause I agree with you right now on that. Um, yeah. my, my answer would be, mm-hmm. I would do everything in my power to schedule a James Madison home and away game. I think that would be awesome because, you know, I I've met a lot of people from there and, they're just—they're one of the powerhouses of this last decade. So it's yeah. Eastern. We've already played every other powerhouse. We played Sam Houston with a home and away. We played uh, North Dakota State with a home away. We played Northern Iowa. And we're doing James JSU. Why don't we have James on the schedule yet? They just did one with Weber State. Mm-hmm. That would be one awesome home and away.
3: I think so because they're—they're a fun team to watch, you know. So it'd be kind of cool, you know, the the the, the 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 those brand of athletes, you know, kind of go at it. You know, it that I always kind of pictured those guys. I like, got you think of Eastern, you think of um, James Madison. You're like, okay, those guys are the they got the speed, they got you know they, they got the fun offense going. So yeah, you know, it's kind of like what Sam Houston had when you know when their heyday. So yeah. uh, you know, that would be a good that would be a good game.
1: Rusty, what's what's your answer real quick before we um, tell everyone how to find each other and all that jazz.
2: Well, mine's pretty easy. I referenced it last podcast. You need to promote, promote, promote. We need to get that new stadium renovated. And that being said, we could raise funds with, you know, the fan walk like San Francisco did with their bricks, but we'll call it the Eagle Walk, the Nest. I don't really care, but just, I mean, figure out a way, you know, to start collecting funds uh, to get that new stadium renovated.
1: The F the Grizz Walk, as we like to say last week. F F
3: the the Uh, Grizz Thank you. Thank you. I like Griswold. I was like, like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, what? we'll roll with that too. I, I like, um, I like a Christmas vacation. <laughs> yeah,
3: the thing. If Eastern Stadium isn't that bad, I mean, if they just had better bleachers on the on the, on the opposing side, it, it would be fine. I mean, maybe I'm just a, a minimalist or whatever, but I think it, there's, there, there's a certain charm about having a small stadium that's packed. You know what I mean? For if sure. You, if you get too ahead of yourself, you really. What, what if Eastern all of a sudden down the roads like just okay <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean and you have this cavernous stadium and you're like dang you know what I mean because well, that,
1: that's my, why it's my, my point it's right. nice they not changing the capacity that is yeah. the good thing about it
3: yeah yeah but I mean like it, it, it's a certain look you know I, I even yeah. not, cause think about there were games this year where it's like we have not you know one 000 i'm like well you sold that many tickets but i don't see that many bodies Quite because it was too cold i didn't want to come to the game or something but right. um uh, you know what i mean but yeah i mean maybe i'm just a minimalist maybe i'm I, i'm old enough now to where i remember eastern woodward field to where i'm like oh this is pretty good compared to the you know the old woodward Field. <laughs> so yeah for sure about if, if, if i'm your guys's age you know maybe you know you, you just want something better now
1: <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah i mean we're I definitely want something better, but I'm, I'm yeah. happy with what we have as long as the tracks out. I think I'm not a big fan of track around a football field. And that's like my, my biggest, um, my biggest criticism about our current stadium. It's not even the wayside bleachers because they're not that bad. But if you're watching on TV, just turn, turn the camera around to focus on the home side. That'd be way better. I like your idea of that for now until we get a new stadium, but I'm just not the track fan. I think, you know, having, bleachers far away is is what makes it look worse than it really is yeah um but but hey ryan we appreciate you jumping on this podcast this was fun man
3: yeah
1: tell tell all the listeners where they can find you i i heard from the grapevine you have another podcast too you know tell people how they can find you on twitter social media whatever you want this is your time to plug
3: uh you can find me on the howard stern show uh serious radio howard (laughs) one-on-one no you can find me um uh, you know, Twitter sr underscore Collingwood, and that C O L L I N G W O O D. A lot of lot of lot of letters going on there, but you know, I, I have a podcast too. I mean, I, I mean, I I, I I mentioned it earlier. It's just kind of fun, but it's basically, it's called the Local Yokel Podcast. It's nothing to do with Spokesman Review. It's kind of like what we're doing right now. But with people I grew up with who who went on and did things that were in the sports world that were pretty cool, like, you know, there are Division One coaches, you know, pro ball players who I, you know, just you know, known since I was a kid. And we kind of just, you know, shoot the, you know what, so. Uh, shoot the yeah. shit? You can yeah. stay on here. Yeah, Well, I already cussed a couple <laughs> times anyway, but now that I, I kind of had the floor, I was kind of nervous about dropping the shit there, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so but yeah, you know, it's basically, and it's kind of like what you guys are doing. I think what you guys got going on here is that people want candidness. You know, so often you, you're buttoned up. You know, you've seen the press conferences where they're kind of like, "Oh God, I got to say the right things," you know. And obviously, yep. you get, I, I get it. But I, and, I, and 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 a reason why podcasts are doing well now is because it's like, uh, can, can we cut the, the BS? You know, you can. You can still talk to each other and have fun and without, you know making fun of somebody or being a jerk, for you, know, sure. you can just talk. And if cuss word makes you uncomfortable and I, I need, you need to get a life, I guess. But, uh, but I think you guys are on the right track and uh, I wish you guys luck.
1: Well, yeah, thank you. We really do appreciate it. Um, yeah. Have a great rest of the day, guys. Thanks for listening. If you can give us a like, share, subscribe, that would be amazing. Rusty, any final notes before we sign off?
2: No, I I would recommend everybody uh, to follow Ryan. He does he does a great job at uh, uh, you know at covering Eastern Washington on basketball, football. Uh, I enjoy reading his articles. And like always, you can follow me on Twitter at mid fourth rounder. Like I said, I love the hate. I love the love. You guys gave me a lot of hate this last week. I love all you guys, <laughs> but it, I appreciate it coming on, Ryan.
1: All right. Yep, for sure. Go Eags.